Welcome to another edition of R4R, Conversations That Educate and Elevate. I'm Karen Conley, the Executive Director of Race for Reconciliation, and I have back with me today, if you're joining us um, by YouTube, you can see my beautiful guest, Karen Vogel, saying, Karen, thank you for joining me for our part two of this podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm thrilled to be back on with you, Karen. Well, for those of you who missed part one, I have with me the executive director of a program called Arise to Read. It is a program based out of Memphis, Tennessee, if I can spit that out. And um, it is our privilege as an organization, Race for Reconciliation, uh, each city that we host an event, we are going into those cities and partnering with uh, an organization in the area of literacy, an organization in the area of vocational training, and then the third area is minority leadership development. And so we are thrilled that, that Karen comes on to represent our first city partnership with Arise to Read for our first event, which will be in Memphis. And um, not only does she represent a fantastic organization that is truly making a difference in the lives of so many children in the city of Memphis, um, but in addition to that, Karen also brings um, a wealth of, of perspective and knowledge, having been an educator, a teacher, uh, I think you said K through fourth grade was your primary time, is that correct? First through fourth grade, most first. of my years in first grade. Okay, and so um, today in this particular um, edition, I really wanted to focus on um, just what Arise to Read is doing. And I know that the impact is much broader than Memphis. Give us a little bit, maybe give us the basics. Tell us a little bit about how Arise to Read works to start with. Sure, so Arise to Read is an organization that recruits and trains volunteers throughout a community. And we train those volunteers to work with um, two second grade students. Our focus is second graders but they work with two second grade students, one each for 30 minutes. So the volunteers are committing to serve an hour a week, typically from mid-September to early April. Um, we always get out of the school buildings before state testing starts. So typically from mid-September to early April, but what the volunteers are working on with the children is developing a foundational literacy skill that's called sight word fluency or word reading fluency. Uh, Dr. Edward Fry years ago identified these 1,000 words that occur most often in text. And so when a child has that automatic recognition of these words, then that helps build their reading fluency. And I can tell you that as an educator, reading fluency is absolutely critical for reading comprehension. If a child's brain or our brain for that matter is sitting there looking at a word and we're trying to break it down and figure out what that word is, we're not even thinking about the meaning. We're just focused on the, on the words. So Word reading fluency is the focus, and um, that's what our volunteers commit to doing um, throughout the school year. They work with the same two children every week, which builds these powerful relationships that helps to build self-confidence and motivation um, in the children. And so it's just, um, it's a win-win all the way around for the volunteers and for the children. Well, I, I love the model that you guys have developed and, and has been so successful. Um, I want to keep diving into that, but before I do, I, I really, I should have started with this question, Karen, because this really kind of sets this, the stage as to why we're talking about Arise to Read. But mm. as an organization, 
our heart is to be a voice that causes healing from the past, honor in the present and hope for the future. And so our focus is racial reconciliation. Um, why should literacy be a part of that conversation? I think that's important for us to establish. Yeah, you know, you uh, when I taught school, you and I've said this before, but if you can't read, you can't do anything. You're you're stuck, and being stuck in life is a is a horrible place to be. And um, so we really have to make sure that we're all of us are coming together in the community. Because I can tell you, having been an educator, and I've only been out of the classroom a couple of years, teachers cannot solve this literacy problem on their own. Mm -hmm. Government can't um, provide policies or rules or whatever it may be, or, or mandate curriculum and think that we're gonna be able to get over this hurdle with our, our current literacy rate. In Memphis, only 24% of our third graders are reading proficiently by the time they leave third grade. Um, as a state, I think we're right around the 53% um, level. So the opportunity out there is huge. Um, to help our children grow in their skills, but we are all going to have to come together, lock arms together, and really invest in our young children to really help them become great readers before they get to third grade. Because once they get to third grade, they are then transitioning from learning to read in kindergarten to second grade to reading to learn. And 66% of fourth graders not reading on grade level, by the time they leave the fourth grade, they are likely to end up on welfare or in prison. So it just, it is incumbent upon all of us um, as community members, and you don't have to be an educator to be able to step into a school and support the education of all of our children um, to help them become great readers, because that's literally where it all starts. You want a driver's license, if you want to sign an MBA contract, whatever it is, you've got to be able to read. And so we've got to invest in our young children um, to, to really make sure those foundational skills are secure so that when they transition to those later years of elementary school, that they are going to be in a position to read to learn. Mm -hmm. So when you think about the, the journey that Arise to Read has been on, it was started in 2012, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, what are the things that you have seen um, as you have grown and matured as an organization that, that have been really the keys to success in the classroom and success as you grow and expand this vision? Um, there are a couple things that come to mind. You know, our retention rate for our volunteers is over 85%, which is well above the national average. Um, the, the amazing thing is that we have incredible volunteers, all ages, businesses, religious backgrounds, uh, just a, a, such a diverse group of, of volunteers, and they keep coming back year after year. Um, we always have the story of this one man where his wife wanted him to come and volunteer uh, after he retired and he didn't want to do it. He was actually scared of going into an inner city school, but his wife won and he went and he had two boys. We, we typically try to match up our, our men with boys because unfortunately a lot of our boys don't always have positive male role models in their life. And so he had uh, two second grade boys that he worked with that year. He fell in love with those boys. He started to see the needs that were occurring in the in the school. He helped them build a, a coat closet where they had spare clothes and coats for children that didn't have coats in the winter. Um, he started doing other things to invest in the in the in the school. 
That's what's happened over the seven years that Arise to Read has existed. You have a group of volunteers that come in and they start to see the needs beyond just the work that they're doing for Arise to Read. And so these incredible volunteer opportunities spill over into the school. So that's one um, incredible thing. And the fact that the volunteers keep coming back year after year, they're serving different students each year because we work with second graders and then they go on to third. So when the volunteers come back, they've got two new students that they're building relationships with. Um, those relationships between the volunteers and the students, I've had administrators say, look, the academic work that y'all are doing at Arise to Read with our kiddos is great, but oh my gosh, the relationship piece has just been so powerful because the children, um, they see this volunteer coming back week after week and they're like, you're coming to see me? Well, that must be special. And their self-confidence improves, their motivation, their desire to be a great reader, their desire to be a better learner. They go back into their classroom, they spend more time on task. So that relationship is powerful. And then really finally, we've got so many people in the community that are pointing fingers at schools and saying, you're not doing enough, or why can't children read, or whatever it may be. And they're, they're in a sense, blaming schools, they're blaming teachers and administrators. And I can tell you as a teacher, we've got a lot of great teachers out there that are working really, really hard, but they are not going to be able to solve the literacy problem on their own. So when the volunteers get in the schools, they're like, well, why was I believing that, that, that story? These are incredible people that are working really hard and they find out that their investment is making a difference. And then they're going out and they're talking with their friends and their neighbors and their family members and more people come into uh, schools to help us out uh, on both of those fronts. And so from one school seven years ago to 41 schools this past year, um, word is spreading just about the impact that somebody can make by just investing one hour a week, which equates to about I don't know, 16, 17 weeks really in total by the time you take out spring break and fall break and winter break and all that kind of good stuff. So it's um, it's definitely been an amazing journey to see how Arise has grown and the impact that our volunteers have made with, with the students that we've served over the years. Wow, 41 schools. That's, that's really so exciting. Um, tell us a little bit, I know that there are schools outside of Memphis that have reached out to you. What type of impact have you had outside of the city of Memphis? We hear the same thing, the exact same thing. We've either had, you know, our founder is Donna Gaines, and um, uh, Donna is obviously very involved with um, the Southern Baptist Convention, and she has an opportunity to know lots of other pap pastors' wives. And so just through word of mouth, um, other churches, um, individuals have learned about Arise to Read and they've reached out. And most of these organizations are in um, high-need schools, in high-needs communities. And we have um, some sites where it started out school and now they're in seven schools. Um, and so same stories. Volunteers find out that there's tremendous needs in the schools. They keep coming back year after year. Then another school in that community hears what happened in the first school, and the next thing you know, you've got two schools, three schools, four schools. Um, but the same stories, the impact to the volunteers is incredible. They keep coming back. They invest beyond just their hour a week in the school. And then the impact for the children, same thing. 
their motivation increased, their confidence increased, they want to be a better student, um, they spend more time on task in the classroom, uh, teachers get excited about it, they start talking to teacher friends at other schools, and then those schools, you know, so it ends up becoming a domino effect, but we're, we hear the same stories. I believe our last count, we have uh, 57 other sites in 11 other states, um, and we actually also have a rise to read in Kenya and Uganda. Wow, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. Well, and I just from personal account um, can can tell you, um, my son is a rising senior in college and uh, his background was sports. Um, yes. And he will tell you the story. He was the, you know, on a basketball team and one of the players on the team when they would travel, always sat next to him, always ordered the very same thing off the menu. And at one point he finally asked him, why do you do that? And he realized that the, the, I think he was a fifth or sixth grader at the time, couldn't read. Mm -hmm. And that made a difference. And so from when he got to college, he worked with, he's at the University of Alabama, went to the honors college that he was a part of and said, hey, I want to make a difference. And he got a group of honors college students that do exactly what you're talking about. One hour uh, a week, they go into a school, they got permission. And, and he tells the story. And, and you, you've met my son, Mark. He he loved sports and he loves people, but school wasn't his favorite as he was growing up. Uh, but he, he tells the story. He called us back in March and he said, there's this young boy named Titus. And the first week I was working with him, he cried through the entire thing. And he was like, it took every ounce of energy I had just to keep him with me. And he said this week he came into the cafeteria, which is where the school has um, the college students pair off and meet with this, their students each week. And he said he came in and he stood on top of a metal chair and he said, be quiet everyone, the big guy with candy's here, we're gonna show him what we learned. <laughs> and uh, you know, and it's just things like that that I hope that everybody that listens to this first of all, re realizes that, you know, there is a way as, as you know, 2020 has brought new attention to a very old problem of, of the disparities that exist and the systemic problems that have existed in our country regarding racism. So many people are like, okay, we want to do something about it, but I, what can I do about it? Right. Karen, Tell them what one individual can do about it, whether they're in Memphis or somewhere else. Uh, well, you know, they can work at getting an Arise to Read program started at an elementary school in their community. Um, you know, during MLK 50, a couple years ago, I had a, a gentleman call me from Kansas City and he, and he said, really, Karen, exactly what you just said. I've, I've just listened to all of these different presenters from MLK 50. You know, the event was hosted here in Memphis. Um, and you know, he's like, I want to do something. I, what, what can I do? And it was the, the answer to that is really simple. It's like, okay, where is a school that has a need? You know, um, what is a, a school in a high needs community that, that needs the support? Um, and you contact that principal, you contact the district superintendent and you say, I want to do something to make a difference for the, for the young children in your school. The thing that's so great about Arise to Read, what I've heard over and over again as uh, people, and, and I think this, this one story just really kind of um, exemplifies 
the impact that a, a simple program like Arise to Read can do. We had a local church that they had a bunch of members going into um, one of the charter schools here in, in Memphis, and they were reading to kindergarten students, but they weren't seeing the impact. And they heard about Arise to Read, and I met with one of the um, uh, volunteers in the women's ministry from this particular church, and I shared with her about a rise to read and we went and met with the administration at the school. They were like, this is amazing. Let's get this started. They had a group of about 30 volunteers. We went to the church. We met the Sunday. It was two Sunday school classes, two senior Sunday school classes. And we went and trained them. And then we got everything set up. What the volunteers came back and told us was this program is so structured, it's so easy. They don't have to worry about picking out a book or anything like that. They know exactly what children they're gonna be working with. They build a relationship with those children. Um, and so, you know, they came back and they just talked about how easy it was to get it started, how structured it is so that they don't have to, you know, read something ahead of time. They know exactly what they're doing when they get in there. Um, and so the structure of the program and the impact of the program, you know, we weren't able to get all of our data this year because of, of COVID. We weren't able to, to do a, a final uh, post-testing of our students. But in the prior year, we only had 19% of our second graders reading on a second grade level in terms of their word reading fluency. When we post-tested our kiddos, we had over 67% of our children in the program reading on sight word grade level when we post-tested them. Um, and the average word gain was over 321 words, which represents three grade levels of growth, which means when those kiddos start going into the third grade, they are gonna be so much better prepared to meet the demands of, of reading because they have, they've, they've had this additional support. Um, so the impact is there and it's a simple program. So whether you call Arise to Read and say, hey, I want to get Arise to Read started in uh, my community, we can start you from ground zero. Or you, I got a phone call the other day from a gentleman in a suburb of Jackson, Mississippi, where we have seven schools uh, where Arise to Read is currently used. That's a great opportunity for me to make a connection between our existing site lead uh, there with him to help get that school started. So it doesn't matter where your starting point is, Arise to Read can help you with next steps. But beyond Arise to Read, anybody can go into a principal and say, I wanna help. The best thing I can tell you though is be consistent. Don't just show up once a month, it, be in there at least a couple times a month. Work with the same student or students, get involved in an after-school program, build a relationship because that relationship can really be the beginning of just a complete difference. And Mark's story is a perfect example of that. He had a relationship with that other fifth grade student and that story made an impact on him and he carried that all the way through into his college days to be able to make an impact um, for young children in the community that he lives in now. So anybody can make a difference. They just have to make the choice to do so. Well, we are just so um, glad to be partnering with you. We know that Arise to Read is, is making a difference in the city of Memphis. And um, as we partner with you, we hope that we will encourage other people that are wanting to see healing occur in our city. Mm -hmm. No, there are some very practical ways that Absolutely. you can get involved and you can be a part of the solution. Absolutely. Um, Karen, as we, as we wrap up this particular podcast, 
Um, you and I had a, a little bit of an offline conversation and, and you were just talking about just all of the ways that you were blown away um, and really didn't fathom just the, the situation of inner city education. Mm -hmm. as, as we leave, what would be the one or two things that you would, would be able to convey having walked in that space um, that might other people that you know need to hear? Uh, number one, don't be scared. I mean, we've had a lot of people say, well, I, I want to be a part of a Rise to Read. I want to volunteer, but I want to go to a school in a suburb. Um, well, the suburbs aren't where you're needed. Um, and I'm not saying that there's not opportunities in the suburbs, there are. But the real need is in our inner city schools. Don't be scared. When you walk through the, the doors of a school in the inner city, it's like walking into a different world. And, it, and it's, a, it's a beautiful, calm, um, inviting world. And once you step into that, into that new and different world, you're going to find out, number one, how much you're needed, but also how much you're wanted. Um, and you're going to have that opportunity to make a difference. Maybe it'll only be one child but we've all got to start somewhere. And if every child had that one, that one-to-one -one can certainly make a difference. Um, I think the other thing I would say is uh, if you're not an educator, don't worry about it. You don't have to have an education background to make a difference. It all starts with relationship. That was one of the biggest lessons that I learned going from a suburban school to an urban school. Um, there was, in a sense, there was a sense of distrust, like, who is this middle-aged white lady coming in here, you know, trying to, you know, tell me what to do in a classroom or teach me or whatever? How, what do they know about my life? Um, and it's the old adage, they didn't care what I knew until they knew that I cared. Mm -hmm. And so building that relationship. And so when you step into an inner city school, you're building a relationship with the administration, with the teachers, with the students and with the families. And you're going to have an opportunity to, to make a difference in the life of a child. And that difference may not be just for that point in time, but that difference could be throughout their lifetime. Well, Karen, I'm so grateful that um, you are at the helm of this. So grateful for Donna and her yes. um, willingness to take this step and see how it has just really impacted the city of Memphis. And we're excited to partner with you guys. Um, if anybody wants to learn more about Arise to Read, where should they go? They should go to our website and it's arise to read.org. Um, the two is the number two. So A R I S E to read.org. And Karen, we are just thrilled to be a part of the inaugural event of Race for Reconciliation. And um, we're just excited to see what the Lord's going to do, not just in Memphis, but beyond uh, across the country. Because it just as you've said, it's really going to take all of us coming together to make a difference for all of our children. All. Well, we're thrilled and our first event in Memphis um, and whether you live in the city of Memphis and can come run with us, it will be on uh, Martin Luther King Day, January 18th, 2021. Uh, we're still planning that. We'll see how COVID cooperates, but even if you're not in town or even if, if we have to, we will do a virtual race and that money that you will invest to come and participate, um, whether virtually or in person, is gonna help us continue this mission to 
educate and elevate both in the area of racial reconciliation, but also to those nonprofit city partners. So as you support us, you also are supporting the work that is being done on the ground in each city that we take Race for Reconciliation to. So check mm -hmm. us out at raceforreconciliation.org. Karen, thank you for joining us. And thank everybody you, Karen. Else, all right, you have a good one. And to our audience, have thank a great you for one. If this has been helpful to you, please give us a, um, a rating and, and some feedback on uh, iTunes or YouTube and uh, share this so that we can get the word out and we can make a difference in each city. Take care. Absolutely.